So I, I love how God is so involved in our lives. So God texted me twice this morning. Anybody else get a text from God this morning? He actually texted me twice. It's pretty cool. There's a, 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 but you know how God works, right? He works through people. But I got two texts this morning that were perfect for today, and I'm not surprised. Last night, there's a pastor in the valley. He's been here probably for about 35 years, and he's just been a blessing to me. He's a mentor to me. He's an encourager. So he just texted me last night and said, hey, I just want to let you know, Dave, praying for tomorrow, lifting you up as you lift up Jesus. Just trust him to do the work. And so I said, okay, man, appreciate your prayers because we got some big announcements we're giving tomorrow morning, you know, and he knows our whole situation because he's my, one of my mentors. And so then he texted me this morning, and I just thought this was perfect. And here's what he said. God is so able. He led more people on shorter notice under harsher conditions, greater distances through Moses. And he has not forgotten how to get his people to the place he has for them. Isn't that awesome? It's like God was like, hey, Dave, just don't forget that. And, and it was interesting because I had already had this verse in place. De Deuteronomy 29.5, it says this, the Lord says, during the 40 years that I led you, right? So he's talking to the Israelites. Now listen to this, during the 40 years I led you, right? That's what Jesus is. He's our shepherd. God has always been the one leading his people. He says, in those 40 years, I led you through the wilderness. Your clothes didn't wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. You ate no bread and drank no wine or fermented drink. And then he says, and I did this so that you might know that I am the Lord, your God. God led the Israelites in a way where he had to be the one to provide so that they would know that he was the Lord, their God. And, I, he, and he doesn't change. And that's exactly what I believe he's doing with us as a church. He goes, I am leading you. And your sandals aren't going to wear out and your clothes aren't going to wear out. He goes, because I'm going to provide for you everything you need. And he keeps doing it, you guys. It's just been unbelievable to watch him through this. So... Here's the second text God sent me. And it came from uh, some guys I'm doing discipleship with. One of the guys, he just said, he goes, man, I can't believe I just read this this morning. I, I don't think he knew we were announcing this either. But here's what, here was what it is. It's from, uh, um, uh, oh, what's it? Oh, so sorry. I just want to remember, what you, give, it, give it a quote. Uh, da -da -da. Jesus Calling. You guys know the Jesus Calling devotional? Here's what Jesus Calling says today. Jesus says, I am creating something new in you, a bubbling spring of joy that spills over into others' lives. Do not mistake this joy for your own or try to take credit for it in any way. Instead, watch in delight as my spirit flows through you to bless others. Let yourself become a reservoir of the spirit's fruit. Your part is to live close to me, open to all that I am doing in you. Don't try to control <laughs> the streaming of my spirit through you. Just keep focusing on me as we walk through this day together. Enjoy my presence, which permeates you with love, joy, and peace. Isn't that awesome? God is with us, y'all. He is absolutely with us. And here's what we know. All we want to do is actually really know him. That's all we really want to do. 
I was thinking back to before we ever opened our doors here at K2 The Church. And uh, we, we were targeting kind of the Sugar House neighborhood. You know, our original location was at 2100 South, 195 West. And, and so we, we went out, uh, the team that we had, and we actually put flyers, I think on like 10,000 homes. And we actually went right to their doors, stuck them on their door handles and stuff to invite people to our church. It was crazy, you guys. I, we weren't even done. I mean, we had just gotten done. I went home, I opened up my computer, and there were emails just flooding my, my email box. <laughs> Already, I mean, we had just put these brochures out and people were asking questions like, man, could this be something different? And they wanted to, ha- they wanted to know, all, how, what do you think about this? And how do you feel about this issue? And what are you gonna do here? And they had all these questions and I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. And so I actually just went out and I walked around the neighborhood and I said, it's, it's actually what I pray every time before I get up here in front of you guys. And I just asked God, I'm like, God, would you, would you actually respond through me? Would you give me, what, what do you want me to say to everybody who's asking us questions about this new church called K2? And I remember the first line in my email back to everybody was this. Hey, thank you so much for reaching out. Let me just state this. We are all about Jesus Christ. No apologies. We are all about Jesus Christ. No apologies. Because we know that knowing Jesus is eternal life. It's this personal relationship with him. And it's not about all these other things that everybody wanted to know. Yes, I answered their questions about the stuff. But it was about, if you come to K2, we just want you to know Christ because he's eternal life. And we are all about him. No apologies. So the other story I wanted to share with you, and I I, I share the story a lot, but I think I do it mainly in in individual conversations and in group settings. I, I probably have shared it here publicly, but um, when we started our church back in Detroit, I actually was a team with a team of people that started a church back in Detroit in 1990. And then uh, seven years in, 1997, I felt God call me to go to seminary out in, um, in California. Now, when I interviewed for the position, I was 25 years old and I'd interviewed in 1990 to see if I could be the youth pastor for this new pl- church plant. And I remember I was sitting in a big boy. Anybody remember what a big boy was? <laughs> wow, a lot of you. Do they have them out here too? Oh, okay, yeah, the big guy with the checkered belly. And so I'm sitting in a big boy with these three guys, and they're all drilling me on these questions. And one of their questions for me was, Dave, what's your passion? And I remember sitting there thinking, well, I probably should say youth ministry, right, since that's what I'm interviewing for. But I just told them, honestly, I just didn't want to tell you, Honestly, my passion is just Jesus. It's just Jesus. Now, right now, I get fleshed out in youth ministry. I love it, but I'd do anything that he wants me to do. So, fast forward seven years later. I'm out in California working on my master's. I'm sitting with this gal. She's a fellow student, and we're sitting in the park. And she asked me this question. She says, hey, Dave, what's your passion? And I said, well, what do you mean? I go, like in life or ministry or what? And she goes, no, I don't know. Just what's your passion? And I said, man, I think my passion is I just, I just realized there's so many people who actually go to church, who actually do believe that Jesus is the son of God. I said, but I just, I don't know if they know him. <laughs> like my passion is I want people to get past just head knowledge about Jesus. I want them to get past human religion. I want to know him. I go, I can, my heart beats faster when I think about helping people actually really know Jesus. So then I flipped the question to her and I said, so what's your passion? 
And she said, well, I probably should say Jesus. And when she said that, man, it was like, bam. <laughs> and I've never been slain in the spirit, but I can tell you this, man, it was like, it was like the Holy Spirit just cold cocked me. I literally, I just laid down on my back in the park and this poor gal, I just said, um, I'm so sorry. I go, I need this conversation to be over. <laughs> and I, I, just, I just need to sit here by myself. So she was weirded out. She got up and left. And, uh, and I'll never forget, man, I, the Holy Spirit's one of those few times where God speaks so clearly. And he said, Dave, seven years ago, when somebody asked you what your passion was, it was me. Seven years later, it's ministry. And he just said, that's unacceptable. Your passion cannot be ministry. It has to be me. Did you guys know that you can actually be about really good stuff? The problem is you added an extra O in the good, you take it out and it becomes your God. And the next thing you know, you're actually about something that's good, but it elevates over God. You know what? I was in California for a year and a half. And I, I explain it like this. I feel like God dug a hole and he threw me in and he just covered me over with dirt. And for a year and a half, he didn't want me to do, and he stripped me of everything. I had always been a leader. I've always been a teacher. I've always led, I used to lead worship all the time at our other church. He was like, I don't want you to lead. I don't want you to teach. I don't want you to lead worship. I'm going to give you two friends. It was like, I'm, I don't even, I'm not even going to let people see you, Dave. And, and, and then I, I just, one of the most profound moments, long moment of my life, for a year and a half, I just felt like God asked me this question. Am I enough for you? Am I enough for you? You know what's crazy? When I was 25 years old, he was enough for me because he was my passion. Seven years later, I still loved him. I was serving him, but now I needed ministry. I needed the church. I needed my position. I needed to be significant. I needed, I needed all, I, all these other things became so important to me. And so Jesus, sometimes he will just strip everything away and he'll just look you in the eye and he'll go, am I enough for you? Is he enough for you? today? Is just Jesus enough for you? You know, it's crazy. We launched K2 and it was awesome. It was crazy. It was just unbelievable what God did. So I actually got invited to share my story, our story, the K2 story at a church planners conference. And, uh, and so when the, when the conference, uh, it, was, it was fantastic. A bunch of great national leaders were there and it was really fun to get to meet them. And I remember I was in a breakout session with a guy named Bob Roberts. And Bob has this amazing ministry down in Texas. He, he, he wrote this book called Global, uh, uh, um, uh, where he was just always talking about how God is working, not just in the uh, local, but in the global sense of the, of the world. He, anyway, amazing stuff. In his talk, he shared his story. And he was looking at all these church planners. And he just said, at one point, he goes, in the midst of my ministry, God started to take everything away from me he goes, I was so dark. He said, and I started walking this, I was out in this field praying to God. And then in a hard, cold moment, God just said these clear words to me. Bob, am I enough for you? 
And I'm sitting there going, I've heard that before. And then I was having dinner with John Burke. There was a bunch of us, probably about 12 of us in a restaurant. John Burke was a mentor pastor for me, done an amazing job at Gateway Church down in, in, uh, in Texas, Austin, Texas. He'd written a couple great books. He was a mentor. He was doing great ministry. And I was sitting right next to him, and we were talking. He said, yeah, he goes, if I write my next book, he goes, I'm going to make it all about this because there is this thing that God will not let go of me, and my whole book is going to be about this because God asked me this question, John, am I enough for you? And I was sitting there going, are you kidding me? This is weird. So then at the very end of the conference, they always pray for all the church planners who would like to be prayed over and anointed just to go out and have God bless their ministry. And so I was part of the leadership of that thing. So I, I got to pray with some people and I went down and there was a guy kneeling at the altar at the front and I got down on my knees and I sat next to him and I just said, hey man, so how can I pray for you? He was just, you guys know those God moments, right? He's just like a blubbering idiot. Like he's just crying, he's weeping, the tears are coming down, he's shaking, he can hardly get the words out. And I go, man, so dude, how can I pray for you? I got my arms around him. He goes, man, he goes, I just, I know this is what God wants me to do and I've been working so hard and I'm getting ready to plant this church. But this whole week at all, all I can hear is, am I enough for you? And I just go, okay, this is weird. <laughs> Here's what I know. Is it any, is it strange at all that God would make the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me. Am I enough for you? And I just want to tell you, I think that's what God's asking us. I think that's what he's asking me. I think that that's what he's asking our church. Is knowing Jesus Christ enough? And I just want to tell you today, yes, it is. Because it's eternal life. Jesus Christ is eternal life. The Bible tells us we have everything we need for life and for godliness through our now knowing of Jesus Christ. When we have this intimate, personal relationship with God, he goes, I give you everything you need. He is, you guys, our provider, and he's been doing it in amazing ways. One of the ways the scripture talks about this is it says that we're the body of Christ, right? And Jesus is our head. He's the head of the church. We've been talking about this in our series. We're the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. It is only as we're united together and filled with his spirit that the world gets to see Jesus. That's how the world gets to see him. But what that means is to be filled with the spirit, it means we're actually connected to the head. And Jesus Christ is our head. And as the head of the church, you guys, he provides us with everything we need. All right? So I'm gonna walk you through Ephesians chapter four. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter one. And I just, I, as I thought about this today, what can I share with you from God's word that can let us know in this season of transition, this is one of the most exciting times for us because he is leading, he is the head of this church, he's providing, and he's gonna give us everything we need. All right, so here we go. Ephesians chapter one, verse 11 says this. In Christ, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Did you guys see this? God works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. The best news we have today, you guys, is that God has a will. Isn't that cool? He has a purpose. 
And he works everything out for that purpose. You know, the other verse we talk about all the time is we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. And here's what I know, man. I know we love him. And I know the only reason K2 even exists is because we're called according to his purpose. Hey, is he enough for us? Is he enough for us? The God of the universe says, I'm working out everything and I'm working in all things for your good. So when he looks at us today, you guys, and says, am I enough for you? What can we say? Yes, Jesus, you are. You are. Because you're the one who's actually doing all of this work for the, your purpose and for your will. Verse 12, he goes on, he says, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. If you take this whole little section, you boil it down, it simply says this. In Jesus, we were chosen in order that we would be for the praise of his glory. You know why God chose you? All of us who believe in Christ. It's so that we would live lives that bring glory to God. All our lives are supposed to bring him glory. Jesus put it this way. He says, if you abide in me, you stay close to me, and I abide in you, he goes, you will bear much fruit, and it will all be to my Father's glory. And what is that fruit? It's peace, and it's joy, and it's love, and it's patience, and it's kindness. You know, I, I've shared this with you guys. My biggest prayer for me personally, but it's also what I'm praying for all of us, is I'm asking God, please don't let me be like an Israelite. <laughs> you know why God had to say, hey guys, remember when I walked you through the wilderness? It's because they, they, they were always complaining when things didn't go the way that they wanted them to go. And God was like, wait a second, I did that so you trust me and nothing else. Man, I, I, I want Jesus to so be enough for me that as we go through this journey and discover the new place that he has for us and we walk with him, that we're gonna do it with absolute trust and absolute peace and absolute joy and absolute love. Because you know what? That's what's gonna bring God glory. And you and I were chosen to live lives that bring him glory. So let's do it, amen? amen. Let's do it. Let's live that life. That's what we're meant to do because he is enough for us. Verse 13 says, when you believed, you were marked in him, listen to this, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So again, what does Jesus say? He goes, am I enough for you? You guys, I have sealed you. You know what that means? It's kind of a weird word because we don't use it in our culture. But basically, if, you, if a king sent a letter, somehow they, some, a, a declaration, he would fold it over, they'd put wax on the seal, and then he had on the, on, the, on the seal here, but then he had a signet on his ring, and he would seal it with his signature to make sure that everybody knew this is from the king. It's his. And what God is saying is, I have marked you with a seal you are mine. Look at those. Until the redemption of those who are God's 
possession. Hey guys, this is why Jesus just goes, hey, am I enough for you? Because you're enough for me. Enough for me to lay my life down for you. He goes, you are my possession, you are mine. He, he absolutely owns us. We're his children and we are heirs of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. The Spirit who gifts us like we've been talking about, the Spirit who unites us like we're gonna talk about next week, and the Spirit who empowers us so that we can live a life of faith and grace to God. I think the Holy Spirit is the one who keeps pointing us to Jesus. He's gonna keep doing it, you guys, and he's just gonna say, hey, am I enough for you? And the answer is gonna be, yes, Jesus, you are. Because you purchased me and made me your own. Verse 15, he goes, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Faith and love, you guys. If you've been here at K2, you hear me say this all the time. I just love Galatians 5, 6. It says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It's the only thing that matters. And faith and love, you know what they are? They're simply a sign that Jesus is enough for you. When Jesus is filling your heart, you have faith. You're being so satisfied in him. Your heart is so at rest in him that you actually don't need other things and you don't need other people to be certain things because he fills you with himself. He is enough for you and he frees you to love. And, and, and in light of this passage here, I just, I just want to say thank you. You know, you know Kyle, uh, it's so great to have him up here. Kyle's been with us for 18 years. 18 years. And some of the others of you, I, I look out here and I just see. But it's, but it's incredible because that's faith. And it's a faith that actually is sealed by the Holy Spirit. And God's faith makes it persevere. You know why? Because our faith is in Jesus. It's not in me, thank God. It's not in our leadership, as wonderful as they are. It's not in this building. It's not in, you guys, we've been talking about this. And I just want to say thank you, because so many of you have actually put your faith in Jesus. And because of that, you're persevering. And because of that, you and I get to see the amazing things that God is going to do. He led him through the wilderness because he was taking him home. I want to be one of those that hangs with him. And so are you. And I just want to say thank you. And then secondly, I just want to say thank you because you're those who love. There's so much love. There's so much encouragement in this body. There's so much faithfulness. There's so, I was at a wedding last night and this huge, all these people from K2 loving each other, celebrating each other. You guys who are connected in relationships, just thank you so much. Because I, I know this, those of you who are just walking by faith and have love in your heart, it's because Jesus has said, am I enough for you? And you're saying, yeah, you are, Jesus. And that makes us and catapults us out. But listen to this, the next verse. He says, so I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know him better. Even of those of you guys who've walked with faith in Jesus for years, even for all of you who love and you give your life away to other people, which is all beautiful, did you know that you can still know him better? And I, I tell you this, when I went out to California 
I had already been living for 13 years. I had been living in absolute surrender to God. I had given him all of my life. I had went into ministry. I loved him. And in the midst, after 13 years, God was like, oh, David, you don't know me as deeply as you think. So I'm going to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation because I want you to know me even more. You guys, I just want to encourage you, however, whatever level or depth that you know God and at whatever level and depth you experience Jesus in your heart, it is never ending. You can know him more. And I love the fact that Paul's going, thank you guys, you have amazing faith. Thank you for all of your love. Okay, now I'm just praying that you get more. Anybody want more? Man, I tell you, there's more, you guys. But this is our God. So he takes us on these journeys again so that our heart will get to that place again where it's like, Jesus, you are enough for me. Because when he is, you'll take more steps of faith and you'll experience deeper love for each other. So God, I pray to man, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, do we need wisdom and revelation about the decisions that we're making right now? Absolutely. And he says, if you lack it, give it to me. And he's giving it to us, you guys. He is so leading and guiding our team, which is fantastic. But the greater thing, the greater wisdom and revelation is that no matter what temporary location we end up in, no, ma what, no matter what final destination, like, like Kyle said, that building, that stuff's gonna come, that stuff's gonna go. But the greater prayer is that on this journey, you and I will know him better. That's eternal life. And Jesus is enough for us. He is. All right. And now we get near the end. Verse 18. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Okay, see, this is when you read the scripture and you go, okay, is Jesus enough for us? <laughs> he's going, man, do you know the hope you have? <laughs> Do you know the hope you have of all of your sins being totally forgiven? Thank you, Jesus. Do you know the hope that you have that the inheritance has actually already been given to you and it is a guarantee of what is to come? That you are an heir of eternal life, which means he's already in you. You have his presence right now. Do you guys know that? Is he enough for you? And then he just goes, and you have incomparably great power for us who believe. Oh my goodness. I want to experience incomparably great power. You know, in my own time right now, I'm reading Romans chapter one, and it says, he just, at this one section, he just talks about how men are without excuse, actually, with God, because God has actually revealed his divine nature through his creation in the world. And one of the things he says he's revealed is his eternal power. Eternal power. I can't even grasp what that is. It's like time, right? We're, we're so limited by time. When we think that God is beyond time, we're like, oh, it's amazing to think how God is beyond time. You guys, what that means is all the power in the world, all the power that exists, God has eternal power. He is far beyond anything that we can imagine. And so we sit there and we go, but I don't know if Jesus is enough for us. 
Oh, you guys, Jesus has all the power, all the authority, all the love, all he's done, everything that's necessary for us. And I think that's why he asked me that question. I think it's why he asked Bob Roberts that question. I think it's why he asked John that question. I think it's why he asked that church planner that question. I think he asked every follower of his that question. Am I enough for you? And when he is, you know what'll happen? You'll follow him anywhere. And when you follow Jesus anywhere, you know what happens? You see God's stuff get done. And then he gets the glory. And you know him better, and so does all of the world. They know him better too. Here's the last little section. He says, he raised him from the dead, and then it says, and God seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. You guys, the one who works out all things in conformity with his will. You guys, as we go through these next stages and we follow him, we're following Jesus who's seated at the right hand of God and there's nothing in the spiritual realm, there's no power on earth that can even come close to him. He's far above them. Does that not give rest for your soul? It just puts, when I sit here and I think about this and I focus, that's why I love this passage. When I think about these things and the reality of who Jesus is, then I can put my heart at rest. And I just want to tell you, through this whole journey, I have had nothing but peace. I, because you know why? Oh, let me read the next verse. Here's why. And God placed all things under Jesus' feet, and he appointed him to be head over everything. What's the last words? For the church. Jesus Christ is over all things for the church. That means for us. <laughs> like, he works everything out together for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And we are absolutely committed to his purpose. And he is far above all things. God has placed everything under his feet. And, he, and Jesus is going, and I am all of that for you. I am all of that for you. I am all of that for you. And that's why he asks us, am I enough for you? And what's the answer? Yes, you are. Will you say that just with me? Yes, you are. Because you are Jesus Christ creator of all things. You are the head of the church. You provide everything that we need. He's already been providing everything that we need, and he's taking us on a journey so that we put our faith in him and nothing else, so that we end up exactly where he wants us to be. And that's where he's going to place us, because he loves us, and he's committed to us as his bride and his body. So what do we do? The very last verse, verse 23, says this. The church is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You guys, we are the church, and that means we are his body. And Jesus fills us. He fills us with himself. He fills us with his spirit. 
that spirit of love and faith and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness, faithfulness. We get filled with Christ. And so what do we do? I I, I just want to tell you, in this last year, God has been taking me on this beautiful journey of simply every morning just saying these simple words. Hey, Jesus, will you just take like all of me? Will you take all of me? Now, now here's what's wild. I'll be honest with you. As a pastor, a person who's in ministry, I often feel like, okay, man, I got to do these things for God and I got to be faithful and I got to have my act together and I have to have all the answers and I got to please everybody and we got to give good messages and we got to, ah! And I, so God, like, just do something. And I feel like this last year, he's like, did you forget this verse? He says, my grace is sufficient for you, David. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And I am learning something new. And that is when I say, hey, Jesus, will you take all of me? That means all my sin. Will you, will you take all my screw-ups? <laughs> will you take all my failures? All my mistakes? Jesus, will you, will you take my fears? Because I got them. Anybody else got a few? Jesus, will you take my anxieties? Will you take my doubts? <laughs> like, I, I have this picture in my office. I put it up on the screen a couple months ago. It's just this cracked, broken pot that's empty. <laughs> And I just go, Jesus, would you take that? Because that's how I feel most of the time. I just feel broken. I feel incapable. I feel cracked. I, I, and I'm, I feel empty. And you know what he's saying? Finally. Yeah, that's the guy I want. The honest guy. The human dude. I actually made you to depend on me. You think you're supposed to go out there and do all this stuff for me. He goes, no, I actually made you to come to me and ask me. So just, David, just give me your life because I am enough for you. And in that picture of that cracked pot, it's held with Jesus' hands, with his scars because he's forgiven me and he's forgiven you of everything you've ever done. And he holds you secure. You are his. And then there's this beautiful, powerful light that just comes inside this pot and it bust through all the cracks and all the brokenness because he's saying, I will fill you. What did this say? The church is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You know what God wants to do through K2, you guys? He's, I, I love my wife. She said, man, Dave, she goes, I know we've been here 18 years. She goes, I think we're just getting started. She goes, I think the real stuff that God wants to do is right, actually right around the corner. That's our God. Because he wants to fill this valley with his presence. And you know how he does it? Through us. He fills us. So as we close today, and as we worship God today, we're just going to remember him and say, God, you know what? So we're out of here in a few weeks. And you know what? You have led us every step of the way. You have been faithful to provide everything we need. And we're going to follow you the next step of the way. And we're going to see what you have for us. So, take me, God. I want to follow you. Anybody else want to follow him? I want to follow you. Take my fears. Take my doubts. Take my insecurities. 
take my gifts, take my path, take me, and then fill me, fill me, fill me with the Holy Spirit so we can fill this valley. That's our God. You guys, I don't know about you. I'm trying to figure out the last final closing statement. I just want to tell you this, man. In 33 years of being in ministry, it's hard. It's it's actually really hard to have Jesus be enough. I'm human just like you. And so often I want other things and I need other things. I am just so grateful that he keeps taking me back to this place. Hey, David, am I enough for you? Because you know what happens when he is? I'm at peace and I'm totally at rest. And I finally do whatever he wants me to do. And then I see God's stuff happen. I say, let's see God's stuff happen. Let's let him be enough for us, okay? So let's stand together and we're gonna close out our worship today by offering Jesus, all of us, and then by declaring his love and his faithfulness to us, the head of the church. Let's do it.